The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Awaken to the divine within. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org. Create a career and a life you love. Welcome to Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. And welcome everyone to Bring Your Soul to Work. You know, it's interesting that almost sounds like you got to like stick it in your briefcase or your pocket or plop it on your desk uh, when you work from home. Bringing your soul to work has an element of portability. And what I want to remind you of today is that your soul is portable, but you don't need to tuck it away in anything. It is an inherent part of your human experience. It's in you. It's within. It is, it is the energy and life force that helps your digestion and your heartbeat continue to go without you thinking about it. Yes, your soul's energy is also the energy of all of that. Sometimes I combine the word subconscious with soul. Soul really meaning more of that essence of who we are as a human. There's a personality with our soul. The subconscious mind does not have a personality. It has embedded programming. And your conscious brain, the brain that you think with, the brain that is awake when you're awake, The conscious brain is sending your subconscious thoughts and information. And we're going to talk about that mechanism today because my topic for today is what sleep or your sleep is telling you about your soul. You see, our very physical brain is a big indicator where our soul's at. And your physical human brain mechanism is also a big part of whether you sleep well or not. We're going to dive into that today. We're going to dive into the mechanism of the brain, how it affects sleep, science lesson coming. I am a registered nurse. I love science. I've been into science since I was a little girl. I loved physics, biochemistry. Call me a nerd. Now, decades later, I have really learned how to integrate science and physiology, physics, etc. into the human experience. And that's what I do with my clients in helping them elevate their souls and bringing their souls to work and enhancing their lives, which ultimately enhances their sleep. So if you have a friend who is not sleeping well, send them our way. Send them our way. Mofall.com slash masterclass is how to find out more about the work that I do as a executive and career coach. My kick-ass 12-week workshop transforms the lives of professional women who are not where they want to be in their careers. 
every single week we talk to 50, 60 plus women. We move forward. We help some of them advance themselves through our 12-week program. It's not for everyone. But we love talking to women about what's going on with their career and really understanding deeply what's really at play here. I would say most of those women are having trouble sleeping. And when we have those complimentary career clarity calls with these women whose careers are not working out, we can really dive deeply in diagnosing what's, what's going on. Um, oftentimes there's a big component of soul that is not working out, working out in the right way. If you're interested in booking one of those calls with my team and I, mofall.com slash give me clarity. If you'd like to join the conversation today, feel free to give us a buzz at 816-251-3555. And I would be happy to talk to you about your soul, your sleep patterns, your career, anything that's on your mind. I'm going to dive in here on how the brain works and the mechanisms for sleep. And if you want to know more, just go to Google. But I'm going to give you the very practical aspects of how this whole thing works for you. So let's dive into the stress response first because that is the biggest part of how our brain basically goes offline. Your brain has multiple multiple components to it and some of the most primitive and most important parts of the brain are tucked deep inside sort of the space that if you would draw a line between your ears and a line through your mouth and up a little, that space sort of behind your nose, brain, has a lot of physical componentry to not only run your body, brain stem, kind of keeps you temperature regulated, keeps you breathing, um, the midbrain, the piece, pieces that are stuck up in there also include this thing called the amygdala. The amygdala is the physical piece of the brain that gets signaled when things aren't going well. And just above that, is a hardly understood and somewhat controversial gland that produces melatonin called the pineal gland. And all those contraptions inside there, and there are many more that I'm not mentioning. I don't want to complicate this like you're actually taking a college physiology class, and I don't have a good drawing to show you on radio, so just work with me here. I'm going to be talking about the amygdala, the piece of the brain that gets signaled when things aren't, aren't going well, and the pineal gland. I'm going to talk about the pineal gland more in the second half of the show, and I'm also going to take you through a beautiful meditation to take care of calming the amygdala and heightening the pineal gland. So stay tuned to the second half of this show. And as we wrap up the last 15 minutes or so, I will take you through a very nice meditation. And you can also then flag this show for 
later also, or maybe even before bed throughout the rest of your week or, I don't know, forever uh, to have that nice meditation. So let's talk about the amygdala. The part of your brain that has been one of the best survivor instincts is our stress response. And most of us have heard the fight-or-flight response. Most of us have heard fight-flight-freeze response. The newest F that's coming out on the stress response is fight-flight-freeze-fawn. <laughs> this is quite interesting, and I see this in our clients in their history all the time. I'm going to explain each one. When you are struck with a stress response, when something's not going well, you're going to be provoked in a certain way that is a protective mechanism. Why am I talking about this with sleep? Because this is the stuff that disrupts sleep. Protective mechanism number one is fight. Chances are if you're having a stress response, you're going to want to like physically lash out. This is the most primitive of the stress response because it's what allowed us to win battles and take care of ourselves physically as us humans were evolving through the thousands of years of evolving as humans. So your ability to lash out and fight someone to defend yourself physically is a very primitive response. And I don't know about you, but when I was in college, we saw some of the guys doing this, getting up into bar brawls, wanting to punch someone's lights out, uh, punching a, a wall. Sometimes a woman would do it, but you know what? Testosterone really helps with that fight response. And again, back to survival instincts and survival mechanisms, it was the male uh, in the family's job to do more of the fighting and capturing and getting, getting stuff like that going. Fight response is very primitive. Not as oftenly invoked, especially not in the workplace. So as a career coach, I'm not suggesting the fight response. But what happens is that your body has the response and there's adrenaline and there's a desire. And if we don't control that, because the amygdala will send signals for other neurochemistry to help us fight, if we cannot regulate that, it will turn into psychological mechanisms that we create in order to handle the stress response. Because we can't fight, we're going to now hate. We're going to now judge. We're going to now criticize. We're going to now gossip. That's the fight response in the 21st century. The second response is the flight response, running away. We could sort of see this in the modern day era as denial. Because right now, if your boss says something to you, chances are you're not running away. You're not punching him or her in the face, and you're not running away. You have to sit there and deal with it. So you're going to create psychological mechanisms 
to not fly away, flee, run. So those psychological mechanisms are, you're a jerk and I don't care. I don't care about this job. I'm going to talk to you less often because I don't like how this feels. Everyone talks bad about you and I agree with them. It's like you're not going to say these things, but you're creating psychological mechanisms. How can I avoid my boss in the future because I don't want this? So your idea of flight in the stress response is typically in this day and age denial and avoidance. The next mechanism is freeze. So we have fight, flight, freeze. When you're in danger, again, 21st century in danger, workplace, colleague talks to you, you don't like what they say, maybe they're criticizing you, maybe they're telling you that they've just taken over a project that you thought you were being given, and you can't fight them, you can't flight them, and maybe your choice is to freeze. So you panic. You are stunned. You don't know what to say. So many women I work with tell me that this is their major response in meetings. that They just don't know what to say, so they like freeze. They clam up. What ends up happening in today's Zoom age, you shut your video off. You don't participate. Uh, you don't want to have any negative repercussions, so you don't say anything. So freeze is a super common response, and it creates isolation. It also creates deep, a deep sense psychologically of self-doubt worthiness issues and usually when that starts piling itself on the job and the careers don't move forward at all as a matter of fact sometimes that might cause you to want to quit a job and then downgrade or backslide title money and that doesn't feel good either now you're going to be upset at yourself you're going to be critical you're going to say that was my fault i made that misstep i don't know what i was thinking why did i do it that way and the whole darn thing gets even worse. None of these responses is a good thing, as I'm laying out for you here. Fight, flight, and freeze are negative responses, and they are harmful, and they take us away from our soul power. You know, in the way I grew up as a, as a Catholic, the way I interpret all of the stress responses is these are the things that cause us to move into sin. And in my way of looking at sin is that it is a movement away from your soul being, a movement away from your divine truth and your divine self. When you move away from your divine self, to me you're cleaving away from divinity, your creator, infinite intelligence, you're moving away from that and into more of the animalistic human failings. That to me is what sin is all about. And so when I work with our clients, we help them regain their alignment with their soul, regain the light and the shine and the awesomeness of who they are at the soul level. And we primarily begin this work by helping them have a mastery of their nervous system because as you can see the nervous system is built to protect us but what it does is it creates neurochemical urges primitive animalistic urges that force us 
to move out of our divinity and into human mistakes, psychological mechanisms, denial, and a lot of negative emotions that are against our divinity. Hate, anger, jealousy, rage, insecurity, unworthiness, fear, grief, depression, despair, powerlessness. All of those are against our divinity. Let's talk about the fourth stress response. I love this one. This is so intriguing, and this is sort of like new in the literature. The fourth stress response, so it's fight, flight, freeze, fawn, F-A-W-N. This mechanism is displayed in a human response to want to please be a perfect person, pander, and, you know, just basically the response, the stress response there is to sort of make up for what appears to be our shortcomings, but in typical sense, it's not. And we'll find this mechanism at play in a toxic work environment. We'll find this mechanism at play if you're in any type of relationship with a narcissist or someone who is an egomaniac, where the adaptive response can't be fight, can't be flight, can't be freeze. So we choose fawn and we people please. We overwork, we overextend ourselves, we overgive. We think we have to be perfect in order to please that person who is causing us stress. The fawn aspect is really, really interesting because a lot of women we work with in my 12-week workshop have this embedded in their survival mechanism. And that is not to say that they're not doing a little bit of fight, psychological construct, a little bit of flight, a little bit of freeze, all of these things have psychological mechanisms in order for us to deal with that type of response. And the fawn one is actually the most likely lived through and seen by other people. Those other response mechanisms tend to create psychological uh, underpinnings that prevent us from being awesome, but they may not be seen as much as the fawn one. When we're under stress chronically, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decades of stress. These chemicals are doing damage to the body by being in the body that long. Your stress response was meant to be a squirt of adrenaline and cortisol to get you going to uh, defend yourself from this threat. And in today's modern day and age, you're feeling that threat every single day. As a matter of fact, it's gotten to a point where you're seeing that threat on the headlines. You're seeing that threat coming through on your phone notifications. You are being pinged with a stress response all the time, which, by the way, is exactly what's happening with our obsession, dare we say, addiction to our phones 
we are getting hit with either adrenaline or serotonin, the positive good feeling. Oh, let me go back on Instagram and see good feeling stuff. Let me scroll to get good stuff going on. Let me scroll to see if I'm under stress, if I have to fight, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Who's out there hurting me? Who's out there showing cute cat videos? The entire instantaneous desire to know if we are under pressure and under stress or if we can get a positive hit of feeling good juice is how and why our phone is so addictive. Because the neurochemicals that are used to protect ourselves and the neurochemicals that come out to express happiness and joy are easily squirting out with each screen. Boom, boom. Here's the other really fascinating part of all of this that I'm telling you. Your entire body becomes addicted to those feelings. It gets wired because it's firing together with an experience, a thought, and a feeling. And that neuro firing together creates a complementary synapse that says to you, this is me. This is how I feel. This is me. This is how I feel. This is me. This is how I feel. Over and over again, it becomes who we are. I fall into the same trap. My morning routine is meditating in the morning. I drink a glass of water. I meditate in the morning. I open my phone if my alarm goes off. Sometimes I wake up to an alarm. Sometimes I don't. I always turn my phone over to see what time it is. I want to, like, calibrate my morning. But if there's a notification on my phone also, see it what's happening what's happening what's going on is there something fun out there is there something dangerous out there now most of the time I can avoid that distraction until after my meditation not always so we as human beings are built to have this mechanism to be aware of pain and pleasure. That's how we're built. It's the human physical contraption. Getting beyond that, transcending the physical contraption is what transformation and doing great spiritual and personal development work is all about. If you are at the beck and call of your nervous system, you are in trouble if your nervous system is controlling how you feel, actions that you take, the psychological filters that you put on everything, oh, she's just saying that because she wants to kiss up to the boss. If that's your thought process on watching a colleague do something positive with your boss, you're in trouble. You're in trouble because your body is coursing through negative neurochemical wash. You're like pickled in negative neurochemistry. And what's going to happen is you're going to age faster. You're going to have degradation of your blood vessels 
and your muscles. And guess what? You are going to have breaks in your sleep effectiveness. Mm. That's what happens. You don't sleep when you're stressed out because you were made to be alert when you're stressed out. Our physical body is made to not fall asleep if we're under danger because wouldn't it be pretty stupid if we fell asleep when we're under danger so that someone could kill us or a lion could come and eat us up at our campsite? So we are built to be awake and aware when we are under stress. This is why sleep gets disrupted for the human modern person who is under stress 24-7 and doesn't know how to modulate their nervous system and it wreaks havoc on their entire lives and they don't know how to get out of it except if they would hire Coach Mo, they would know how to get out of it. There's other people who teach these techniques too. I'm just being funny with you. When we work with our clients, this is the very first thing we do because if your nervous system is in high alert, everything is going wrong. You can't be in high alert and be awesome. You got to perform in your optimal level by being optimized. And your nervous system being optimized looks different than your nervous system being stressed. In the second half of this show, I'm going to talk about the pineal gland, which is our little sleep magic gland. And I'm going to talk to you about how to optimize your nervous system rather than be under stress. This is Coach Mo, mofall.com, everywhere on social media. And if you'd like to see how I take my clients through my five shifts in my 12-week kick-ass career program, visit me at mofall.com slash masterclass. And if you want to get started working with me, it's mofall.com slash give me clarity. Mofall.com slash give me clarity. Second half, a beautiful meditation. But first, I'm going to help you understand the magic of your pineal gland and what it's all about and how you can circumvent that nervous system, stress system. Next. All are welcome here. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Love your work and your life. This is Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. We are ready to dive in to the positive aspects of moving toward sleep and how that can actually be a benefit to us. The first half of this show, I talked about how the stress response really screws around with our sleep and why. So I ended reminding us that when we are under stress, and especially in the 21st century chronic stress, that our body is wired not to sleep because we are wired to be alert when we're under stress so we don't get killed. 
So you're literally lying in bed in a chronic stress response, being more alert than you want to be and not sleeping because you are wired to prevent yourself from being killed. I'd love to know how many of you out there are resonating with this because you're like, yeah, I'm feeling like I'm not sleeping because I am ruminating about all the people who I would like to fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. (laughs) That's what happens. You're lying there hoping to go to sleep and you're feeling tired physically, body, it's dark out and all the other receptors are saying it's sleep time, but you are not relaxing into sleep. You are ruminating on your stress response. You are ruminating on all the people who have triggered the fight response, all the people who have triggered the flight response, all the people who have triggered the freeze response, all the people who have triggered the fawn response. I can't possibly work hard enough to please her. I want to punch him in the face for being such an idiot. I want to quit this job every single freaking day and just get out of here. I'm not going to put my camera on any more Zoom meetings because I'm sick and tired of these people. I'm just going to hide and isolate. Why am I not getting promoted? Why am I not getting put on great projects? Why am I not getting advanced? What's wrong with me? How come I'm not moving forward in my career and that idiot who doesn't know half of what I do and doesn't work as hard as I do is getting advanced? Ruminating. 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 And your body wants to sleep. It does. So it might doze off and then you'll be woken right up again. I'm going to tell you something also. Drinking alcohol will disrupt your brainwave patterns and will disrupt your sleep. So one of the key mechanisms for handling stress in the 21st century is to drink alcohol. That will disrupt your sleep. And then after doing that, I don't know, 10, 20 years, you go to your doctor and say, I'm not sleeping, and they'll give you a sleeping pill. So now you're drinking to medicate your stress, not sleeping because of your stress and your drinking, and you're going to your doctor and getting a sleeping pill to medicate your stress response of drinking and disruption of sleep, and so you're medicating all of that. Doesn't that sound like a dysfunctional cycle? It does to me. So, here is the real way to optimize your sleep. You have to get the amygdala under control. You have to pull the amygdala offline and help stimulate the pineal gland. Now, if you you Google pineal gland, P-I-N-E-A-L, if you Google pineal gland, you're going to come up with a whole bunch of stuff. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I know and and what I use for my clients when we do deeper meditations and we help them optimize their brain chemistry. First things first, you got to learn how to relax your nervous system, which doesn't necessarily mean you are relaxed. It means your nervous system is moving out of stress response into the optimized side. We call it relaxation, but it's really optimized. Some people fight against that because 
they don't want to go offline with their brain being alert. Some people say they can't meditate because they don't know actually how to modulate their nervous system, so they try to meditate, and they're sitting there just ruminating as if they were like lying in bed sleeping and ruminating. It's the same thing, and I can never meditate, Mo, and I'm not going to meditate, and how can I do this? So I'm going to teach you a little bit about meditation. I've done this before on other shows, but guess what? As long as there are people stressed out in the world and not knowing how to keep their nervous system in an optimized way, I'm going to keep teaching people how to do this. So if you're a meditator and you know how to do this, cool, listen, maybe you'll learn to pick up something a little extra. Maybe you can share it with someone today. Back to the amygdala. So that amygdala is wiring and firing when it feels like it's under attack. All sorts of things can trigger it. And what happens is that you now have a body that says, I need to be hypervigilant, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, overwork, people please, isolate, hate, revenge, fear, insecurity, guilt, blah, blah, blah. The mechanism to tell your brain that you are safe is by stimulating your vagus nerve. When you stimulate your vagus nerve, you have a response going up to your brain all is well. All is well. What? We have a mechanism that tells our brain all is well? How come that's not our default mechanism? (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if we could evolve out of the stress response from a primitive way of keeping us alive? So here's the other interesting thing about evolution. All of us who are on this planet right now have evolved from other human beings who have survived. So chances are the survival mechanism is alive and well in you because you have come from people who have survived. The people who died of plagues and famine in Ireland, which is where my ancestors were, they didn't pass on their DNA material. The people who survived passed on their DNA material. So survival mechanisms are ready to rock and roll a big part of what got us here today because your ancestors survived to have kids and then here you are so all of those mechanisms that work to keep them alive allowing them to procreate generation after generation means that the survival mechanism is more dominant the mechanism for telling your brain all is well and that you're safe is your vagus nerve Good news for you, we know how to tap into that and how to tell your brain all is well. So the vagus nerve comes out of your brain. It's one of the cranial nerves. It comes out of your brain and down your neck and goes through your uh, thoracic cavity and it's in your diaphragm muscle. That's the muscle between your gut and your heart and lungs abdominal area and your thoracic area are separated by this diaphragm muscle. It is the muscle that is meant to breathe. But if you're under chronic stress syndrome, your diaphragm hasn't been working for a long time. And it is exactly what you see in your dog, your cat, and babies when they breathe their abdomen goes up and down when they breathe. 
not their shoulders, their abdomen. Because when all is well, your diaphragm moves back and forth in and out with each breath, the diaphragm actually guiding the lungs expanding and contracting as you inhale and exhale. The diaphragm coming down when you inhale and fill up your lungs pushes your belly out. And when you exhale, the diaphragm goes back up into a resting position when your lungs are empty when you exhale. And it comes down with an inhale and back up with an exhale and down and up. Studies have shown that the optimal breathing pattern is a five and a half second inhale, a five and a half second hold, and a five and a half second exhale. I keep it real simple with my clients when I teach them how to do this, and we do a four in, four hold, four out, four seconds. We're going to do that a few times right now. Here's the clue. I want you to put your hands on your abdomen so that you can feel with an inhale, belly out. With an exhale, your belly goes back. Inhale out. Exhale goes back. Just try that a few times with your hands on your belly and just inhale. And if you're not used to doing this, you may have to kind of like push down a little bit so that your diaphragm gets engaged. You're not going to really feel your diaphragm. I mean, you'll sort of feel it working and being used, but you're not going to like feel your diaphragm. But you're going to engage it with your belly going out on an inhale and coming back on an inhale. And exhale. Inhale out. And then let it go on the exhale. So we're going to do three breaths. Three part breath, four, four, four. We'll do three of those. And then I'm going to teach you something about the pineal gland. <laughs> okay. Belly breath into a count of four. One, two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four. Exhale. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Nice and slow. That rhythm is slow. Four inhale is a nice slow inhale. Or hold is a nice hold. It's not too much. doesn't cause any problems or any fears. And then just a nice four out. Go ahead and practice that while I'm talking about your pineal gland. Your pineal gland is sitting uh, deep into your uh, forehead. Again, deep into the, into the middle of the brain. It's protected. It's a small little mechanism in your brain the size of a, a kernel of rice. And in the pineal gland, there are crystals who have a, which have a property that is super unique. And when those crystals touch each other, they generate light. 
and your pineal gland is connected to your optic nerve and it knows when it's light and dark. And it is susceptible to the light and dark cycles. Now, once we're in a chronic stress syndrome, some folks will tell us that our pineal gland basically goes offline after a little while of not being utilized. And you might not even have the pineal gland working for you. And the pineal gland is the primary releaser of melatonin to help you sleep. That's bad news, isn't it? That your chronic stress syndrome has taken off the gland that produces melatonin. And that's adding to your sleep problems. And the beautiful thing about the pineal gland, it also has these beautiful uh, psychophotal, I forget the chemical word, but the way that these crystals actually uh, do their thing. Um, some people think it has to do with the vividness of our dreams and being able to see colors and that sort of thing with our eyes closed. So... When the pineal gland is offline, we're missing out on one of the beautiful gems of how our brain mechanisms function when we're optimized. So it's really important for you to optimize your nervous system and get out of chronic stress because so many better parts of your body depend on it. Again, when you get that vagus nerve going with three-part diaphragmatic breath, you're going to be sending signals to your brain all as well. I am safe. And over time, you're going to be able to have that pineal gland come back online. I don't know that there's a test to determine whether it comes back online or not. I'll tell you this. My clients who meditate regularly begin to sleep better. They have more vivid dreams, and they have more visualization capabilities in deeper meditations. It takes some time to get the body back online after you've been chronically stressed out. So let's do a meditation right now. Go back into that three-part breath with your hands on your belly. Nice deep inhale, belly out. Hold. Get that diaphragm engaged. Hey, diaphragm, I love you. And then exhale. Go ahead and find a comfortable breath cadence for yourself, making sure that your belly is coming out. Holding it to let your diaphragm know that all is well. Send up a signal to the brain. Thank you. And exhale. The best way to meditate is actually sitting upright so that your spine is upright and your belly has room to go in and out. Feet on the floor, feet touching each other in a bit of a cross-leg pose. Don't want the ankles crossed over. If you're comfortable in that type of pose, okay, but if you've got pressure on your, on your legs from a cross-leg position, eh, not optimal. Put your feet together or feet on the floor. Really not great to meditate lying down. However, 
you can take this meditation to bed and lie down and allow your body to be optimized and your stress syndrome to come down. But just for meditation purposes on a daily basis, upright spine. Now that you've engaged your diaphragm, come into a very comfortable position. Allow yourself to work out any kinks or if your hands are too tight, let go. Let go in your toes. Let go in your feet. Allow your toes and feet to feel warm and heavy. Send some love their way. They've taken you places. They work hard for you. Send that love into the ankles, lower legs, and to those knees who do a lot of work for you also. Send some love from the knees down into the toes. Then send some love into your thighs. Those big muscles on your legs have done so much nice hard work and lifting for you all your life. Take that love and appreciation up into your pelvis, hip muscles, and begin to send love into the inside of Take that love from your hips into your lower back, lower back muscles, the bottom of the spine. Send some love up that entire spinal column and all the muscles of the back. And as that, lo that love and appreciation radiates up your spine, let that love and front of your body, relaxing your abdomen appreciating your diaphragm and the heart and lungs that do their thing without you thinking about it. Allow that love and appreciation to come down your arms through your shoulders as they relax and become heavy. Allow your neck to relax, the back of your neck. Allow your tongue to drop in your mouth and your jaw relax. Allow the inside of your mouth to relax. Your cheeks, the bridge of your nose, forehead. And love and appreciate your eyes as you allow them to drop into the sockets. And all of those eye muscles just relax. The vagus nerve says that all is well. Allow that beautiful love and relaxation coming down from your skull, cascading down your entire body as a beautiful violet light blanket. You are now covered completely in a violet light blanket, and all is well. You are secure. You are safe. Love and appreciate everything about your body. Even if you've had struggles with your body, 
even if you feel like it's not always on your side. Right now, give it some love and appreciation as your diaphragm and vagus nerve are sending a signal to your brain. All is well. I am safe. All is well. I am safe. All is well. I am safe. All is well. Take your attention to your forehead. And immediately imagine standing behind your forehead and looking into your brain. You would be looking right through the brain into the interior of the brain where that beautiful pineal gland is, wanting some love, wanting appreciation, wanting to light up there. All it needs to know is that you are safe. All it needs to know is that all is well. Remind your body, all is well. While you're standing inside your brain, looking around, imagine sending this beautiful violet light into your brain, surrounding all of the structures and features of your brain. We hardly know anything about that beautiful, dense, wonderful, miraculous mechanism. Our brain does so much for us. Surround it with beautiful violet light as you honor that wonderful, beautiful brain of yours. Now say a few I'm sorry, brain. Say a few. I'm sorry, brain. I really don't want to be in a stress response, and I love you. I love that you're trying to protect me, and all is well. Leave the inside of your brain with an all is well now and come into your heart and allow that violet, beautiful light and energy to be in your heart. Put your right hand on your heart and say thank you. And allow your breath to get deeper as you thank your heart and your brain and you let go 
as we know that all is well. Allow your breath to get deeper still and come back into the room. And allow this beautiful aspect of you, the all is well, beautiful nervous system being relaxed and open and de-stressed for just a few minutes. Feels so good. Allow yourself to love yourself right now, right here, and honor that you took a few minutes to take that nervous system down and love yourself. Enjoy this feeling. Enjoy the rest of your day. This is Coach Mo, MoFall.com. Come visit me, won't you? MoFall.com. We'll see you next time here on Unity Radio. All is well, and you are safe. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.